0: I vowed a vow unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. Let your yay be yay. My challenge to all of us is that we would keep our decisions, that we would keep our decisions. I believe in a congregation this size, it wouldn't be surprising if God maybe called one young man or two young men or even older men to to preach, maybe to be a pastor. I preached my first sermon about 13 years ago, and I know that uh, Pastor Turner and uh, many others were looking at Caleb and I, and maybe saying, "Oh, there's our future, right?" And that, that's that's a really uh, weird emotion to feel, even as a teen. You you're just trying to do what's right, and you're trying to do the religious speech, and you know they're pushing you up there, and so you, you just want to share from the Book of Proverbs what God laid on your heart or whatever. But don't do it because other people are are pressuring you to do it. Do it because God wants you. Uh, to do his work. I wouldn't be surprised if in the congregation this size that maybe someone's called to preach, but if God has not called you to preach, you're not second-rate. Right. If you're not called to preach, you're not second-rate, but do what God wants you to do. Amen. Don't let the artificial pressure get to you, okay? Don't, don't get annoyed like I did, and I ran away from the Lord for ten years and I'm grateful that he has mercy on the prodigal and you know, no one's perfect, no one's perfect, but keep our eyes on the Lord. And uh, my my encouragement to all of us is that, hey, I'm just praying that God would give us some uh, young people, some older people, that will say, like Jephthah, I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, I cannot go back. Teenager, it's not you riding on your parents' coattails. I'm going to see what God says for myself. Our sufficiency is of God. We don't worship a paper poke today, folks, but God speaks to us through His Word, He's magnified His Word above His name in Psalm 138, verse number 2. And if it means that much to God, the Word must mean that much to us. Scripture should be and mean more than Sunday morning religion and a game that we play. It should be a Monday morning lifestyle and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday the whole week. You know, people ask us, are you Christian? And... You know, uh, my my question is to all of us, hey, are are we still Christian or or living a life that's uh, worthy of the name Christian when we leave this place? When we leave this place, is He still God of my life? Is He still God of your life? He's not just God on Sunday, but He's God every day of the week. And why wait for a call when you have a command? He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And He didn't just call you one time, He called you in Matthew, He called you in Mark, He called you in Luke, God has called us. Uh, multiple times to be preachers of the gospel, in uh, the gospel according to John and in Acts as well. Teenager, your close friends should be at church. I think so. Your, your, your closest friends should probably be uh, in church, maybe not necessarily in this congregation, uh, but they should be Christian, they should love the Lord. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. You know, I've always been convicted, <laughs> and I'm not sure if this is... Uh, Maybe guilt-tripped is the better word. That you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm somebody who preaches, but I can't, for the life of me, put put together, string together a three-point outline, and that's not your your hallmark of spirituality or anything. But for me, I I feel like I'm just a one-point guy. Just got one thing to say: Let your yay be yay, let your nay be nay, and I've failed at this multiple times. Even uh, standing behind the pulpit here and ma- making some announcements and stuff, and I'll say, here, here's what we're doing, and then we don't do it, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm praying that God would allow us to give us, give us all some transparency and some, so, so, some, some accuracy and some honesty, and that our communication would be yea, uh, yea, yay, and nay, nay. Jesus said it Himself. Look at verse 37 of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, 37. Let your communication be yea, yea. Nay, nay, uh, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. You yeah, have heard it, it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Friend, are we second mile Christians? Will we go the extra mile? And I'm, I'm not talking about if pastor asks us to help fill the baptistry, will we, will we you know, take that off for last minute or whatever? You know, um, but uh, are, are you willing to go all the way and be all the way committed uh, for the Lord and with the Lord? Verse 42, get to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and send us rain on the just and the unjust, to those who deserve it, to those who do not deserve it, God still loves them. He's angry with the wicked every day, but he does hate sin. Sin is anything we think, say, or do that breaks God's law. And God hates sin. And he he tells us in verse 44 that we are to love our enemies. This is the clarion call to Christians everywhere to love people that slander us, that malign us, um, that that say bad things about us or wrong us even in a, a physical way. They hurt us or verbally. Uh, We're to pray for them that despitefully use us and persecute us. Uh, 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 Verse number 12 of James 5, Above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay, nay. In Judges 11.35, I'm reminded of Jephthah. I've mentioned him twice already. And Jephthah was this individual that made a hasty vow before the Lord. Uh, He shouldn't have said what he said, but uh, the reality was that he was going to make good on the promise that he had made before the Lord. Um, I'm not here to read the whole story to all of us today, but I do like the sentiment in his words uh, where he says, I've opened my mouth unto the Lord and I cannot go back. Teen, if you made a vow before the Lord, hey, I'm going to stay pure, God helping me. Maybe I've already messed up, but I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to stay morally and doctrinally pure, God helping me. No, no. Then, I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. Maybe you struggle with swearing and cursing. Hey, I, I've been there. I've been in that boat, okay? I've opened my mouth unto the Lord. I cannot go back. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned yes. with salt. Yeah. Our speech is to minister grace unto the hearers. Maybe God has convicted us about our words. I've opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. I always enjoy the ride back home uh, from, from Portland or, or uh, from any other place, really, because um, uh, now, now just as a youth worker for a very, very short amount of time, you know, you'll hear the, the teens perking up in the back, and they're excited, and they're talking about sometimes even what God has done in their lives. And I heard some teens, uh, while the conference was all ending, uh, all cute and naive, they were saying, oh, I wish that this conference could go on forever. <laughs> you know what that's called? It's called heaven. <laughs> Eventually, Elijah has to descend yeah. Mount Carmel. Eventually, you walk onto the other side of the Red Sea, and you had to fight the giants of Canaan. That's good. And eventually, my mountaintop experience and your mountaintop experience will end, and it's back to work in the valleys and the drudgery of life. And I think the, the climb for those mountains, the view at the top makes it all worth it. But then when we're in the moment, in the valley moments, in those Red Sea moments, right before God parts it, it's, uh, it can be a little discouraging came to pass, eventually, in the life of Jesus, he had to leave that mountain of transfiguration, right, and continue his earthly ministry. And even before that, he had great victory over the devil, but uh, or he was baptized, He was uh, uh, baptized, and the Holy Spirit uh, went onto his shoulder like a dove, and immediately he was led of that same spirit into the wilderness. And so it was a mountaintop, then a valley, and then a mountaintop after getting victory over the devil three times, and then another valley in his life. And so uh, we look forward to the sweet by and by, but we do have to live in the nasty now and now. And as we consider that, are we going to stay true to the Word of God? Are we going to stay true to the promises that He has and knowing that He will uh, be faithful to do that which He has promised? In the meantime, let's be minding the Father's business. Let's be doing His will. We're going to preach hell hot, heaven sweet, sin black, and Uh, God-loving sinners, we're praying for a devil-hating, sin-shunning, God-fearing cry to revive us again in our lives. What use is it to know Hebrew if you don't know Him? What use is it to know Greek if you don't know God? Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. We don't pray to be heard for our much-speaking. Uh, this is a house of prayer, a church is. and uh, I'm praying that Anchor Baptist Church would continue in our growth to be a praying church and will be unified, uh, like it says in Acts chapter number two, around the doctrine, around prayer, around uh, breaking of bread and fellowship and getting the gospel forward in this world. But friends, if we do not keep the decisions that we have made before the Lord, if if we're saying, yay, yay, but we mean something else, that's not a good thing. And, and God is going to uh, re- really uh, ma- let, let it be known to us uh, that we are living in the wrong. We are to pay that which we have vowed. Listen to this verse, Deuteronomy chapter number 23, verse 21. When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Sin is anything we do that breaks God's law and His heart. Uh, Psalm 22, verse 25, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I'll pay my vows before them that fear Him. I'll pay my vows. This is not just a message to our high schoolers, but it's to all of us. Keep our decisions before the Lord. We're to uh, reckon it so and take, take, take a time in our lives to meditate on the Scripture and let God change our lives. I say often, don't read the Bible. Don't read it. Don't read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. We're to reckon it so. And when God uh, allows us to look into the mirror of His Word, we're changed into the same image. And we're to uh, just take God at His Word and trust Him. I'm not saying prosperity, gospel, name and claim it, blab it and grab it. But I am saying, hey, when we look at the Scripture, when you look at the Scripture, it's to change us into... His image. Keep your decisions. Make good on it. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. God has promised us strength, and we can activate this uh, promise by believing Him and taking Him at His word. Put the key in the ignition and turn it on, all right? A vow. Now, I'm not saying all of us have made a vow before the Lord, but a vow unto the Lord is a solemn thing, People nowadays, they'll break their vows like they break silence. Gone are the days where people can say, that fellow there, he's a man of his word. Ecclesiastes 5.4, let's turn there together, Ecclesiastes 5.4. And just because evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse does not mean that the power of God will wax less and less. That's right. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amen. He hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yes, thank you. And if we say that we believe in this God of greater things, then pray tell me why we live in a day of lesser expectations. Mm. You can believe God. Amen. And when we vow a vow unto the Lord... You see in Ecclesiastes five verse four, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for He hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. If you said you were, say, you, you made a decision at some point. Hey, I'm going to try to be in church every time the doors are open. Yeah. I'm going to try. try. I'm try. I'm going to make forth an effort. Uh, put forth an effort. Let your yea be yea. Uh, it says in verse four. He hath no pleasure in fools. Friend, don't be a fool don't be a fool. God, God has better plans uh, for you and for me than uh, our best. Our righteousness is just filthy rags. That's right. That's right. Sometimes we'll, we'll play in the pig pen when God wants to take us out and uh, j- j- just put, put us on a better path, but we're content uh, with the husks that the swine did eat. It's time for us to come home and to realize that the Bible's enough, is sufficient, and God is enough. You know, uh, when, I, when I graduated uh, a couple of years ago, I, I studied evangelism, and what happens is in evangelism in North American context, um, they, they will talk about preachers that travel or itinerant ministry, and what happens is, unfortunately, is that some evangelists, they will schedule a meeting, and they will not show up, and they, they, they won't make good on their promises. Uh, they say, well, I'm going to be here at such and so time, and then they flip-flop, or uh, they, they des- decide to go back on their word. Let your yea be yea, and your nay be nay. When thou vowed a vow, or when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for ye have no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Let your yea be yea. And like I mentioned, I, I, I'm, I'm not perfect at this. We all fail. We all fail talk to our teens again, some of you know. Some of you know, high schooler, teenager, you know you're going to an independent Baptist Bible college or uh, some kind of school, some kind of Bible school after you graduate. Uh, Some of you are young or even uh, older and you're wrestling with the call of God on your life, possibly even to full-time Christian service. I'm not saying be a pastor, far be it from me to ever predict God's plan uh, for you, but maybe you do know you're called to preach. Uh, Every time you see Pastor Turner or you see a guest uh, speaker, you get a little thump, thump, thump in your heart, and you start to think, you know what? Maybe God has called me to do something like that. If you're not called to preach, you're not second rate, but as the Lord liveth, you better do what God wants you to do. What God expects from everyone, He demands from His children. Not every man is called to preach not every man is called to preach, even as a minister, but every man should struggle with the possibility. If you're qualified and God allows you to do it, hey, be willing to be a blessing right where you where, right where uh, you are. Let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. For those of you who know me, you would Know that, and, and, know, and, and those of you that know Pastor Turner, um, you would know that we don't always enjoy everything that we read in this book or even preaching it. We're not necessarily, um, at this church, we don't seek or aspire to be doom and gloom, hellfire, damnation preachers, but to preach uh, love without the truth or truth without love is heresy. And to preach one and exclude the other is not right. The whole counsel of God must be preached. And if we preach judgment to the exclusion of and without the love of God, you're doing a great disservice to our Savior. If we preach gushy, gooey love and toleration without the justice and judgment and hatred of sin that God possesses, then we're going to give account of that to King Jesus for withholding the truth. To whom much is given, much is required. What God expects from everyone, He demands from His children. And not everyone is God's child, contrary to popular belief. Only those who are born again and have believed on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved from the wrath of God. Amen. i just going keep reading. My got here written down. There are many rumors about the preacher and evangelist Billy Graham. At one point of time, he might have been the most famous Christian alive. In South Korea, it's said that he preached in the open air to one million people, not counting those who tuned in by television broadcast. There's no doubt that this evangelist did preach the gospel at one point in his life, and he has since passed away. You can look up many of Mr. Graham's sermons on the internet that are all right and even doctrinally sound. Early in his ministry, one of his mentors warned him not to flag down and cave into the temptation to water down the truth. But at points in his life, Billy didn't listen. His goal was to preach to as many people as possible, which is admirable. But remember, the arm of flesh will fail you, you dare not trust your own. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. And toward the end of his life, Mr. Graham began to be known for sharing the platform with Muslim imams and Buddhist priests in order to legitimize the Bible in the eyes of the known world as a legitimate religion. He even began to verbally misrepresent the gospel as if to suggest that perhaps Jesus was not the only way to heaven. And friend, the faith once delivered to our fathers does not belong on a shelf. The Lord Jesus Christ does not share space on some pantheon of religious juggernauts and false prophets. There is no other God but the God of Scripture. What saith the Scripture? God says, Isaiah 42, verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Isaiah 48, Verse 11, for mine own sake, even for mine own sake will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? I will not give my glory unto another. The most offensive claim in the world is to say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. And some people today have made the mistake of attempting to convert the multitudes at any cost. And this way, many were led astray, thinking that they could hold on to falsehood and the Father at the same time. And some of these people perhaps were saved from the wrath of God, but they came born again without much help, and uh, they were on the side of the road without really just a small and limited chance to grow in their faith. And so uh, here in Anchor Baptist Church, it's not my desire to leave any spiritual orphans on the side of the road. I want us all to grow together. And Pastor Turner's desire, of course, is that we would all grow together. And not that someone would get baptized and then we don't see them for six months. Okay? Not that, you know, uh, someone gets discipled and then they get uh, tired as the formal order of service and they leave. Uh, The point is, hey, uh, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And it may not always feel good or feel right, but there are two times to read your Bible. When you feel like it and when you don't. There are two times to go to church, when you feel like it and when you don't. There are two times to stay faithful to God, when you feel like it and when you don't. And I'm all for getting the gospel out, but not at the expense of the truth. God's work must be done God's way, and judgment must begin at the house of God. When Jesus saw the multitudes in Matthew chapter 9, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad. Compassion. What is compassion? Compassion is your hurt in my heart. Compassion is your hurt in my heart. And if we uh, stand behind this pulpit or stand behind anywhere and try to pare it out, God's truth, and preach it out without the love of God, we are wasting our time. And that's why we need to be rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. Continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away the hope of the gospel. Let your yea be yea. Only a faith rooted and grounded in Christ can reach the multitudes. We are not interested in sending ill-equipped soldiers into battle. I refuse to do this. Like Jacob Bowen said on Sunday, what would a knight be without a sword? Right. What would an infantryman be without his rifle? Right. Friend, what would a Christian be without the Spirit? Uh, of God on their lives and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. My friend, I'm all about speaking uh, the, uh, the truth and speaking for the gospel with clarity and with power. We need to keep the pulpit hot here at Anchor Baptist Church, but where are the Christians that will stand up and say, I will remain faithful to the Word of God. I will remain faithful not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, striving together for the faith of the gospel, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I will remain faithful not to a man, not to a pastor, not to Benjamin Turner, but to Jesus Christ. Where are those men and women? I'm concerned and I remain concerned. you should be too. Where is our holy concern? Where is it? The hour is too dark to be doom scrolling and waiting for somebody to save us. We're already saved from the wrath of God, and it's high time to awake out of sleep sleep and live like what we already are. And so we pay our vows. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Would to God that the Spirit of God would raise up disciples Raise up some disciples like Jephthah that would say, I have opened my mouth unto the Lord and I cannot go back.